Welcome to Greenhouse Grower to Grower, the podcast where we talk to growers from across the greenhouse industry about market trends, innovation, their biggest challenges and opportunities, and more. I'm Brian Sparks, editor of Greenhouse Grow. I'd like to start this episode of Greenhouse Grower to Grower by bringing in Julie Hewlett, who's the senior editor of Greenhouse Grower. Julie manages a lot of our summer field trials coverage. Those field trials take place across the country at various grower operations, universities, and then botanical gardens as well. And this year, Julie had a chance to talk to quite a few trial managers, one of them being Brian Weesey's at Mast Young Plants. This episode is going to feature Julie's conversation with Brian about the trials at Mast Young Plants, among many other things. Before we get to that, Julie, can you kind of talk about, you know, the folks that you, that you put on the trials this year and how you got to talk to Brian about some of this? Absolutely. You know, trials are really one of my favorite things to write about because you glean so much fascinating information from those trials. Like Brian Sparks mentioned, we talked to botanical gardens, we talked to universities, we talked to grower operations that do summer trials. And it's just interesting to learn about all the different insights that they gather. They're looking at drought tolerant plants. They're looking at different levels of irrigation. They're looking at what plants have the best flowering so um, I was really excited to talk to Brian Weesey's at Mast Young Plants and just hear more about their trials this summer. They definitely made some upgrades from past years that I think they're really excited about and have made um, some improvements in their results. And they get a lot of great feedback from the growers and the brokers that come visit too. So let's hear some of those highlights from Brian. Mast Young Plants officially started in the fall of 2007. And it came out of a, there was a little bit of transition with a business that the mass, the family owned. And then basically it was renamed and mass young plants was started in the fall of 2007. At that time, the previous company, the mass family, um, running trials was just important to them. And so when we made the transition over to mass young plants, we just took that same mentality or mindset of trialing right into Mass Young Plants. Um, at the time, we were doing some private breeder trials for a few um, big breeders, and we just knew we had to have enough staff and enough um, enough labor to manage the trials. So, in two thousand seven. We officially named a person who was one of our growers, actually, who we identified as having a good um, tendency toward a curious mind and toward detail work and things like that. We named them the official trialing manager. And and from that, kind of, it was started at Mass Young Plants. Now, um, we do a mix of internal trials to try to improve our own quality but then we also did a big public trial for our young plant program and that person that we put in this role they kind of had to step in there and fill both of those roles so dating back to the beginning of mass young plant um trialing was just kind of part of part of the dna of the company and and we just started running yeah, that kind of leads into my next question. Who benefits from the trials that you guys do every year? Well, I'm going to say there's, there's you know, multiple different parties or departments or, you know, 
um, groups of people that benefit, but I'm going to say the ultimate person who benefits is a young plant customer that we have. Um, let me try to try to explain that a little bit. So again, I'll try to always differentiate between internal trials and say external trials. So internally, we'll just use last winter as an example. Um, I always have a set of projects that I want our trialing department to work on. They might be things to improve the quality of our young plants. They might be things to develop a new product line for the future year of our young plants. Um, or they might be things to try to reduce shrink of a certain genera in propagation. So we do a lot of trials in the greenhouse in the winter just focused on, hey, we're struggling with X. Let's, let's put that crop under five or six different environmental conditions and try to find a way to improve it so that our order fulfillment can go up. And then also, like I said, believe it or not, starting already as early as right now, we will start working on next year's young plant program, the catalog, um, what varieties we're going to sell. And we use the, this winter to work on some crops that maybe we don't have as much experience with. And we're debating adding to our program um, an example for the current catalog. So trials we did one year ago would be um, the plant San Vitalia, um, not a super popular plant in the United States, but I'm always told it's very popular in Europe. And we wanted to figure out how can we propagate it best and what varieties do best. So we trialed multiple breeders, multiple different varieties, different crop zones, lots of myths, no myths, LED, no LED. And through that, our trialing department developed a protocol and a variety they they were able to bring to me and say Brian this is the one we feel we should go forward with and that that variety did in fact go into our catalog so you know the the the, the customers win because we can offer say products that maybe we've shied away from in the past the other area that i believe our customers win is that public trial You'll probably hear me say this more than once in this interview. We like to call it our, our living catalog. And our living catalog means we take everything that we sell in that catalog and we grow it out for customers, for brokers, sales reps, for breeders, anybody who wants to, to come and see how they perform. So for that customer who looks at the catalog and says, man, all these caliber COA just look beautiful how do I know which yellow to pick? They can come to our trial and see all those yellows and they can actually see those habit differences that the catalogs try to explain, but so often the catalog photo is focusing on a flower or a bloom. And when the, cus the breeder says, this one is more mounding or this one is more trailing, when they come to our living catalog, they can see that for themselves. And I always hope that People will come and say, okay, for the four-inch pot, I want something that mounds up on top of it. I'm going to grow this variety. But for my hanging baskets, I want a nice trailing yellow. So I'm going to grow this variety. So 
again, I really do feel like the trials we're doing selfishly, they're for us so we can improve our sales and be more profitable. But ultimately, they're also for our customers so that we can fill orders and provide them with solutions for what crop it would work best for them in their greenhouse. Yeah, I really love that idea of a living catalog because just as you explained, um, people can come see the trials and know exactly what they're getting and what they're looking for and how it'll fill a need that they have at their operation. Are there any other guiding principles that you follow when you're choosing what varieties to include in a trial? One of the things we try to keep in mind or we try to consider or factor in is there has to be a good supply of a variety. So let's just say, for instance, um, somebody wanted us to trial a new type of plant that looks really neat and we're very interested in it. But then we find out that, wow, we don't have a stock facility to grow those yet. Or um, you can only get the cuttings shipped into you from, a say, a non-traditional supplier a stock farm in Germany or something like that. Um, when we have cases like that, we might still run some trials on them, but probably more privately and not publicly. Cause if we show a plant that looks really cool and everyone gets excited about it, and then we can't find access to them, um, that puts us in a spot where at the end of the day, We've just got everyone's hopes up and then kind of had to let them down. So I think good availability, a reputable breeder that's bringing them to the market. Um, sometimes word of mouth talking to some sales reps or some different people in the industry who may have already worked with that company. Um, those are all factors in, in go into what we would trial. Absolutely. That makes sense. What about, I know you guys are located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. What makes that location in the Midwest ideal for both early spring trials in the greenhouse and outdoor trials in the summer? So being in West Michigan, what that means is we are on the eastern side of Lake Michigan. And most weather patterns tend to come from the west, um, west, northwest move across Lake Michigan, and then keep working their way east. So early spring trials, it's very cloudy in West Michigan. You know, we joke sometimes that there's a lot of Dutch people in West Michigan, and I can say this because that's my heritage. Um, the Netherlands, Holland, a lot of people will joke that it's a very cloudy kind of dismal place in the winter and early spring. And the joke is like, well, the Dutch people felt good coming to Grand Rapids because it's just like home. And so that's kind of a funny story. But at the end of the day, we don't have a ton of sunshine here in the winter and early spring. So um, everyone talks about going out to California spring trials, and that's great. But those plants were grown under California conditions. Um, we like to trial all those same varieties that we're going to see at California Spring Trials. We like to grow them in our greenhouse right here in Grand Rapids. They starting as early as January 10 so that we can almost finish them before California Spring Trials just to get a sense for how's that going to perform 
in the Midwest or in a cloudy um, winter, you know, that February period, that January, February, it's just a, a tough time to grow plants. Now, we do have LED lights and we could put them under there, but we really want to subject them to the worst case scenario um, weather-wise or sunshine-wise to see how these plants will perform. So it's kind of like a, a test for worst case scenario, if you will. Um, as far as the, the Midwest and summer trials, the reason I feel that's a, an important factor in our outdoor trials is there's a lot of plants sold in the Midwest and upper Midwest. You know, you kind of break the country apart. You say you have East Coast, you have the Southeast. We talk about the Southwest. We talk a little bit about the the Northwest, but the Midwest makes up a big chunk of states that are pretty, um, pretty active gardening type states or, or, um, you know, yard growing plant type states. And we just feel like the Midwest is a great environment to subject our plants to. Again, I've been to trials out at Colorado State University and I don't say this to knock anything about their trials. They're awesome. I love it when I can go there. But I'll see plants perform differently there than they do in Grand Rapids. And where I'm going with this, Colorado will have bright, sunshiny, quite warm days. But then they'll also get quite cool, crisp nights. And, and plants just perform differently. Whereas here in West Michigan and Grand Rapids, that lake that I talked about giving us clouds, in the winter also moderates our temperature a little bit in the summer but it gives us some humidity so it's kind of a middle of the road temperature not really extreme hot or cold but it's pretty humid and i just think it's a good representation of a lot of the the upper midwest where if if you see how a petunia performs a variety that you just loved in in colorado at their trial take a look at how it performed somewhere in Michigan, in the Michigan Garden Plant Tour Trials or, or wherever you see it. And I think you might see some differences that would make you say, boy, I thought it was so great out there, but if I plant it in my yard in the upper Midwest, it might not quite look that perfect, if you will. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask about next. I've heard that phrase, uh, survival of the fittest, a lot of times in our most recent round of the field trials coverage this year. And people really want to see how the plant performs when it's not given a lot of irrigation, it's not given a lot of fertilizer. So what kind of feedback have you heard from the people who attend your trials about the way that you conduct them to make sure that you're getting an accurate representation of how those plants grow? Well, to be completely honest with you, um, we, we do care for our outdoor summer trial, that living catalog. We care for it probably more than the average homeowner. We do fertilize it. Um, and, and what I always tell people is, I always tell people, when you come to our trial, we want to show you if, if people take care of their plants, this is their potential. This is what they can look like in our environment. So, you know, it's a very fair question you asked about, you know, what if the average homeowner, say including myself, doesn't feed the same way? And and I'm always super honest with people and say, don't be tripped up by 
how nice this looks that we're abusing it. For us, the amount of money we have to put into pulling this trial off, people don't want to come here if it looks really bad. So we do have to care for it. But just you asking me that question, it's got me dreaming about, we always have some space in our trial where we try to do something a little bit beyond the living catalog. We try to do something different. And, and I'm actually kind of kicking around in my head just from you saying this. What if we took, say, 10 lines in our trial, we ran a separate water line to them, and we abused them, if you would. Like we said, hey, our whole trial is cared for, but we took some of those plants that everyone loves, dragon wing red begonia or something, and here it is grown with no fertilizer or feed once every month like maybe a homeowner would. So it, it's a it's an interesting idea that you're you're giving me but yeah our trial is pretty well cared for and um we don't we don't abuse it now i will say one thing before we switch questions the 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 summer survivor or the the fittest you know the toughest of of the bunch however you want to word it what we try to find with that is we had a trial this summer and we we had quite a few varieties out there we asked all the breeders this was beyond the living catalog because these items weren't in our catalog we asked all the breeders you know suntory selectus cicada you name it we said send us your top 30 varieties that we, you think are the best summer survivors and um we grew those out and and again when we talk about summer survivor it's not so much which ones will take the abuse of no feed or hardly getting watered. It's more even within, um, let's just pick on Calibracoa, if you will. We didn't have a lot of Calibracoa in that summer survivor trial because they're tough. They, they need feed. They need the right pH. They can't have thrips pressure. So this trial, what got put in there were things like Canner and Scavola and Lantana and um, I don't know, just plant begonias, a lot of begonias. We were looking for, even if, you know, take out the feed, no feed, we're going to feed everything. Let's look at what plants from the day they planted, let's just say Memorial Day, will still look good on Labor Day. That was kind of our window we were shooting for. So that's a lot of words about summer survivors and how we view it, but I, I appreciate you asking the question because you, you're actually getting getting me to think about some things here. So good good question. Well, thank you. There's always next year. I'm sure that you guys um, always review and see what you'd be interested in changing. So maybe it'll come up in the future. It very well might. <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to touch on is marketing. How you guys market the trials and the information that people can gather from those and how value valuable that is to the industry. Yeah. Um couple things there. So we're part of the Michigan Summer Garden Michigan Plant Tour. We're, we've been part of that for many years. Um, it's a great group. They have a website. Um, you have good, reputable growers that take part of it. It really goes from the very east side of Michigan all the way through the middle of the state, all the way over to the west side by us. You don't have to go super far north or south, which is kind of nice. It's more just the band um, west to east, if you would. So part of us marketing is just being part of that group. Um, 
all of the companies that participate in that trial, Michigan State actually helps coordinate it, and they ask for all our ship to addresses, and they deduplicate it all, and they send a, a, a like if you would a flyer or a invite, hey, come to the Michigan Garden Plant Tour. So we do participate that way. Um, we try to do some of our own events, like we'll hold a customer day and get our customers to come. Um, because we sell all our yellow plants through the broker network, we invite broker groups to come and we give presentations to them. Um, sometimes we treat them for dinner or lunch. Um, just try to have a chance to really promote the trial and how it can help them and their customers. And, and we have um, some brokers who've told us they think this, the Michigan Garden Plant Tour is more valuable to their sales reps than, say, California Spring Trials because it's, it's in the Midwest. It's in an area where a lot of their customers are, are buying plants. So we have one broker who will bring their whole sales force or a group of at least the ones that are, are selling our products, and we will bring in the breeders for them and make a whole day of it and just have classes for them on the, the varieties and help them learn how to sell. So, you know, there's a lot of marketing. We publish a, a wrap-up report. It's on our website. Um, we really try to tell people, we let people vote during the season on their favorites. We try to get that information out when we publish that. Um, and then we just do some social media things. Our, our Facebook page in the summer is always going to be full of little tidbits about the trial, videos, you know, what items are looking really good. So um, it's a lot of work to market it. But um, again, we want to get as many people through the trial as we can um, each year. That's our goal. We spend a lot of effort. We care for it a lot. And every person that comes to us is is a win. We want we want to see, you know, as many people as are able to come and see it. We just think it's very valuable for greenhouse growers. You mentioned for one of the brokers, you have a day where they bring in their sales force and then you bring in the breeders and there are classes about how to sell those varieties. That sounds really interesting. Could you talk more about that? Yeah, that that broker came to us and just said, we've got a lot of young sales reps. We'd really like to put them in a position. We, we always say, it's easier for anyone to sell if they have a little bit of a testimonial or if they've seen something or experienced it, then they can show their customer, hey, look at these pictures on my iPhone. I saw these in a trial in Michigan. So anyway, that that broker said to us, if we brought a decent sized group, would you be willing to help organize an event? And we said, of course, for sure we would. And the breeders are so generous. Um, you know, they, they certainly aren't all from Grand Rapids, but when I reach out to them and say, could you come this day? You're only going to have a 45 minute or a one hour time slot. You're welcome to hang around all day and have dinner with us to mingle with the people. But would you come for that period of time? And, and I did not get any no replies. Um, you know, I had, I had breeders flying in from, from Texas, you know, from all over the country. So, yeah, it, it, it's just, again, we off, will offer that. It's not exclusive or anything like that. 
In that case, the broker asked us to do it for them, and we said, sure, we'd be happy to. So, again, we're open to ideas. We're just trying to find ways to expose people to this trial and let them see that, that living catalog. Yeah, sounds like that's a huge opportunity just to talk about um, their performance and how these new varieties and the results in the trials can benefit your customers. Are there any other tactics that you use to pass information down to your customers? Probably that that trial garden wrap-up report is a really big one. Um, it's a very, very extensive document. I don't even know off the top of my head. It might be 40 pages. Um, we have a professional photographer in the summer, so we try to get good photography, and, and we try to get that out to as many people as we can. Um, I, sales reps really like that report because they can take it and, and show their customers. It focuses a lot on the new variety. Um, sales reps get asked all the time, what's new? If I, if I have to replace a petunia, what petunia should I replace it with? And, and it's just a, it's a very extensive document that covers a lot of, Hey, if you want new in petunia, here, here's the six from four different breeders or whatever. And, um, you know, I was out there in August. Here's a few pictures on my phone. Um, it's just a nice um, document. And, and again, I think beyond that, it, it just comes down to all these people who come. I personally spend the bulk of my time for the two weeks of the Michigan Garden plant tour. And, and I spend a fair amount of time the week before and the week after. I'm out there in the garden. So, it doesn't matter if you're a big broker with big buying power or you're Susie's greenhouse from a small town in Wisconsin. When you show up, I'm there and, and I'll spend as much time as you want to talk to me about plants, varieties or whatever. And we have other people. It's not just me. I don't want to make it sound that way. We have other good skilled staff, our head grower our inventory manager, even our customer service ladies who spend a lot of time on the phone with customers, they're out there working. And uh, we just try to be really available to the people who come. And, and when they ask us, we always say, I can't promise what we experience here in Michigan is exactly what you're going to. But in our experience, we like this series or we like this variety. And we, we try to tell people that because People are hungry for information. They want some direction. And, and we're not just making it up. We're basing what we tell them off what we've seen in these trials. And for anyone who's interested in your trial report, uh, where is that available? So it's on our website, which is www.massyoungplants.com. And I'm not looking at the website right now, but there's um, buttons across the top. And there's a thing called MYP News. Um, it might be in there. We also have a section that just archives or stores information or documents or, or just past things we've published. Um, it, it would be in one of those two places on our website. And it can be downloaded. You can look at it online. It's saved as a flipping book, it's called. So you can scroll pages and it, it opens and, and you can look at it on your computer. You could just say... I just want to, it's so many pages of all this color. I just want to print pages six, eight, and 12. You can, you can do that on the flipping book. So um, it's pretty accessible. Beyond that, if they email 
our office, our, our the email is customercare at massyoungplants.com and said, hey, you know, I don't have access to a printer. There are customers like that. Could you print one and, and mail it or FedEx it to me? Here's my address. We would be happy to do that as well. That sounds great. I think that's everything I wanted to cover with trials. Are there any other highlights that you can share from Mast Young Plants? I guess I'll just wrap it up by simply saying our company, one of our core values is constant improvement. And I've always been interested in plants. I grew up in a family greenhouse business. And uh, even as a kid, I remember trying to figure out in my head, why are there seed geraniums and cutting geraniums? And I remember taking my jackknife and cutting the stem of a seed geranium and sticking it in the dirt, thinking, will it grow roots? Can I make it a cutting geranium? And it, it's just that that curiosity. And, and as a company, you know, you can look at it as, hey, we grew um, one-gallon pot of petunias, and they sold really well last year. And I'm just going to do the exact same thing over again this year. Or you can look at it and say, that worked really well, but I know my customers will get tired of the same old, same old. So if I did 100 pots last year, this year I'm going to do 50 like that, but I'm going to try to do a few other colors that increment of 20 or 10 or something so that I can get a sense for, is there even a better option? And yeah, I would say the thing with trials is just always looking for uh, a slight improvement. You know, as in our industry, um, they always say one of the worst things about the horticulture industry is shrink. You know, plants that we grew and started that never got sold. And I look at it as anything we can do to increase the velocity of sale or anything we can do to grow those summer survivors so they have some shelf life or bench life in our retail garden center, um, that's just going to help us be more successful. So to me, trials, innovation, if you will, it's the term we use around here. It's all about trying to find that answer that maybe you don't even need at that moment, but if you're trying to work on it now in a year or two when you do need it, it's like, wait a minute, I know I did this. I can try that. I can go back to my notes and that's just kind of the way we, we do business, if you will. So that's why it's so important to us. Thanks for joining us. You can learn more at greenhousegrower.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen.